0: You are listening to the Simple Self-Care Podcast, your weekly nudge to take good care. I'm your host, Randy Kay. This week's episode is a continuation of last week's conversation all about the important and complex topic of mental health. In case you missed it, I recommend taking a listen before you sit down with this one so you'll have more of a context of where I'm coming from and what points were already made. But basically, last week was an overview of the mental health issue and what we as a community can do about it. And today I want to dig into more of the nitty gritty of how you can tend to your own mental health needs. I want to preface this episode by saying that mental health and mental illness are big Topics and they are serious topics, and it deserves way more bandwidth than my humble podcast can provide. So, know that this is just a sliver of the conversation, and it's my way of sharing what I know with the intention that it will be helpful to hear someone who has dealt with it, continues to deal with it, and has been able to help others with it. Okay, okay, here we go. First, allow me to share with you more of my backstory. I'd like to give you a better idea of why I have anything to say on the subject so you know the foundation of what I want to offer to you. Around ninth grade or so, I was told I had something called depression. It has been in my gene pool for generations and generations, and so when I started to show some signs of it, it was like I had been blessed with the royal birthmark. I went to the doc, I took a 10-question assessment, and apparently I got all of the questions right because I left with a diagnosis of depression and a prescription for Prozac. So along with all of the regular teen angst, I now had this extra misunderstood angst to add to it all. My poor parents. (laughs) But At that time there wasn't as much knowledge and appreciation for a more holistic approach so I can't be too mad about being labeled and medicated at such a young impressionable age but it did lead me early on feeling broken and like I could never escape the doom and gloom I felt I was in. So I carried this label with me for a long time. I hid behind it, used it as an excuse to nap all day and never take on too much responsibility. And I was pretty much resigned to the notion that I would always feel this way. But I did my best, I had a lot of fun and adventure regardless, and I got by with a pretty good life. But it was always shrouded in the highs and lows of depression. But honestly, that just became the norm. And it wasn't until I started having panic attacks in my early 20s that I really started to pay attention. I never really dealt with anxiety until some stressful situations triggered it. And after my first panic attack, I was truly scared for the first time. Those attacks would send me into depths of myself I didn't know were there, and they'd make me feel powerless and afraid. This anxiety started crippling me from doing things I really cared about and sabotaged my education, my relationships, my goals in life. And after one of the darkest, scariest nights in the thick of a panic attack, I was luckily able to work through it and have the mental strength to know I really had to do something about this. I couldn't float by with this. And if I wanted to be anything of substance in this world, I had to really look my mental health in the face and do some deep healing. I had an on-again, off-again relationship with medication, but now it was on, so on, without judgment or resentment. I found a therapist that I believe was literally sent from the heavens just for me, and around that time I was reunited with an old friend who also dealt with some depression She took me by the hand and showed me her magical world of holistic health, and that's when my real healing really began. It's been over 12 years since that life-altering period of time, and it would take me many moons to share with you all that I've experienced in that time, but I do want to share with you a few important things of what I've learned about tending to your own mental health on a daily basis, and of how you can equip yourself to brave your own wilderness in your own way. So number one, give your depression a hug. For you, it might not be depression exactly, but fill in the blank with whatever applies. But the point is that the first step to healing this part of you is to find a way to love it and become friends with it. One of the most empowering moments for me was when I realized with the help of Wonderful Therapy, that depression wasn't who I was, but it was something that was just a part of me. I got depressed from time to time. I had anxiety from time to time, and I was truly happy from time to time, and though sometimes the downtimes were overpowering, it wasn't who I was at the core, and it didn't have to navigate my entire being. When I was able to get outside of my depression and embrace it like an old friend, it shifted something. It shifted how I approached it when it would creep in. It was like, okay, something's up. Let's talk about this. Instead of this doom and gloom, self-defeating personality flaw that I could never escape. And from that more open space, I was able to learn from it, which brings me to my next point. Number two. Learn what it's trying to tell you. What I've learned over the years of being a body worker is that the body is consistently trying to communicate with you. All of its aches and pains is a loving warning sign that something is off. The body does commonly communicate with physical pain, but it also communicates with mental and emotional pain. Depression and anxiety are signs that something is off, a chemical imbalance, Life stress, living outside of alignment with your personal truth, old patterns that no longer serve you, you get the idea. So when you can, approach the creeping in of these feelings as a warning sign and get curious with why it's happening. Give it a hug and ask, why are you here? What is off? This is partly why having a self-care practice is so important. It provides the space for you to communicate with yourself in this way, because it's darn near impossible to do it when you're racing around trying to distract yourself or being distracted by the regular pace of life. When you take the time to journal, meditate, go to therapy, take a bath, garden, whatever, then this is when you can have these important conversations with yourself and have a sense of how you are doing on a day-to-day basis. Number 3. Get to know your triggers Once you are more in tune with how you are doing and more familiar with the ebbs and flows of your mental health, you can start to see patterns. You can start to notice foods, situations, habits, life paces that create the perfect storm for distress. Once you learn the common triggers in your life, you can structure it in a way that reduces those triggers. Now, triggers can take many forms. It can be the food you eat, to the job you have, to certain relationships. To really know your triggers, you have to be open to really seeing what they are and work towards being able to let them go. Over the years, I've had to let go of some major life altering things that I never thought I would get through, but I did, and the other side was worth it. But to truly heal, you have to get real honest with what is causing your dis-ease. And if you don't, history will repeat itself. You might not have to make drastic changes, so don't freak out, but I'm not going to candy coat it for you either. You might just learn that you need to. Number four, use medication wisely. Using medication for mental health issues can be an incredible tool. There is a lot of negative stigma around medication, we judge ourselves for needing it and feel it is a personal weakness to use it, and I found that it's also pretty frowned upon in the holistic healing world, but it has played an important role in my own healing. I believe that medication should be used as a piece of the healing pie, not the whole pie. Too often people take medication and expect it to be the end-all be-all of their problems. But in reality, it's only the beginning step. It can level the playing field in the brain so you can start thinking clearly and have the energy and the clarity to do the deeper work. I use medication when I need that extra help. I work with my doctor, who I've made sure shares my approach to mental health, and use it as I figure out why my depression is acting up and make some changes. And I've gotten to the point where I can wean off of it when I'm ready with the help of diet, herbs, and increased exercise. But know that if you find that you need to stay on it for long periods of time, you need to be supporting your body in other ways to counter the negative side effects of medication. It is true that we are, as a whole, overly medicated It is true that the use of medications can have very negative effects that can sometimes be fatal. It is true that most people use it as a band-aid and keep increasing their dosage without doing the extra work, and I don't support medications being abused in that way, but I am so grateful to have it as a tool in my tool belt and that it can be a resource if used wisely. And there's no shame for choosing that route for your own healing. There are alternative ways to care for your mental health, but you have to be willing to do the hard work that usually involves major lifestyle changes and some kind of therapy. And if you are on medication and you want to stop using it, please, oh please, do not stop using it cold turkey. Do not stop using it if you are going through a major transition or are in a stressful season only go off of it while working with a medical professional and when you feel you are at your healthiest. There's a lot more to say on this topic, including more holistic routes to take, and perhaps I will save that for another episode, but I will say that my medication didn't really work until I combined it with holistic approaches and lifestyle changes. And I've had times where my usual healthy lifestyle and self-care Routines weren't enough, so I brought in medication. But it all needs to work together. It isn't an either-or situation. Number five, follow your own healing path. A lot of people ask me exactly what I did to get where I am with my depression. And while I could share the exact books I read, the therapies I tried, people I went to for help, I know that my specific recipe wouldn't necessarily work for anyone else. It worked for me because I followed my own nudges and my own intuition. Certain opportunities and events crossed my path, and I followed that feeling inside that attracted me to it. You have your own wise inner voice that can lead you, and it's trying to lead you. You just need to pay attention. Perhaps that inner voice led you to be listening to this podcast right now. But don't be afraid to find the stillness to listen. Even in your darkest times, it is there to guide you. Be open to what healing will look like for your own unique journey and say yes to what you hear. Number six, don't underestimate the small and simple habits. I talk about the power of the small and simple constantly, but I want to reiterate it here. I know it's tempting to want to do some huge and grand thing that will cure you, but truthfully, There is more magic in your daily habits. Keep your self care practice close. And if you are unsure of what that can look like, please take a listen to my past episodes because I blob on about it constantly. Have one non negotiable thing that you can do every day. Have something that you do on your good days, like a yoga practice or journaling or something. And have something you do on your down days, like showering. Yes, some days just showering is a huge victory. But trust that the small, simple things are not only more doable, but also more effective over time. And just a quick pro tip if you are struggling to think of something right now to start doing, my number one is connecting with nature. Go outside, be around plants, play in the grass, get off the screen and what everyone else is doing, and connect with the real and the beautiful. Even just five minutes a day will change your life. Number seven, establish a checkpoint system. The last point I'll share today is perhaps the most practical. Over the years, I've been able to develop a little system to see where I'm at with the severity of my depression. And it's taken the form of four checkpoints. When I start to feel a funk coming on or I'm having a really anxious time, I first check and see if my basic needs are met. Is the house clean and clear of clutter? Are my bills paid? Are outstanding expectations met? If I've cleared up those things and I'm still feeling a little funky, then I move on to the next checkpoint. Next, I ask, how's my diet? Am I eating optimally? Am I moving therapeutically and regularly? These two things can make a huge difference. So after I step these things up for a week or two, and I'm still feeling it, then I call up the old therapist. I work with her for a little bit, and if I still can't get things to improve, then that's when I meet up with my doctor about medication. And then the combination of all of those things has always done it for me. Full disclosure, I actually rarely get to the therapist and medication points. In fact, I had a whole eight years stretch of never getting to the medication point, well, two years ago was a real doozy for me, but since then i've been able to get off of meds, which took a lot of work, but I really don't feel well when I'm on them for too long, so I always get right to the dirty work when I need to but it's amazing how much the first two checkpoints, along with tending to what triggered it all, does it for me. This little system I developed has been really really helpful for me. It gives me specific actions to take based on my triggers, which is just as important as the more cognitive work. So feel free to follow my model, or maybe you need to modify it, but give it a whirl and see if it helps. Okay, I've got a million more points to share, but I don't want to overwhelm you, so I think I'll stop here for now. Perhaps revisit the topic on a later episode But I hope my story and the tips I've offered so far is helpful, and you can use these points as a framework for your own journey, and hopefully get you thinking about your own mental health condition as more of a gift than a deficiency. You have the power to feel deeply, and that is something the world needs more than ever. Become friends with all of who you are so you can learn how to harness your sensitivities for good. You are not broken. You are not alone. And you don't need to feel like this forever. Get help. Work hard. Stay in community. I know from personal experience that you can feel better. There are so many things in this world that can alter our mental health, and it's not a personal flaw. And there is so much to learn and gain from these trying times. And with that, my dears, I am signing off from this podcast for a few weeks. As I continually dance with my life commitments and even how I want to share and grow this podcast, I've decided to try on the whole season format. So you could look at my first 30 episodes as a season one of sorts. So I'm going to take some time to pause, focus on my blog, my Simple Self Care Circle Facebook group. In my healing studio, and prep a wonderful season two for you, starting August 20th. If you'd like to stay connected, and I hope you do, please join my free Facebook group where we can regularly commune over all things self-care. Just search Simple Self-Care Circle and ask to join. You can also join my newsletter to get all the updates and weekly communication that way. Head over to my website, naturallyrandyk.com, That's naturally, R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y.com. And check out all of the blog love I'll be doing over the next month or so. You can also find me on the Facebooks and the Instagrams at NaturallyRandyK. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so you won't miss an episode once I return. And I'll probably be surprising you with a bonus episode or two during my break, so you don't want to miss that. All right. Thank you for an incredible first 30 episodes. I can't even believe it's been that many. Can you believe it? It's been an honor connecting in this way, and I'm so looking forward to what's to come in season two. Signing off, I am Randy Kay, your podcast host, your friend, and your self-care advocate. Please stay in touch. And until next time, take good care and enjoy the journey.